Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Hi, good morning. Good morning, or whatever time you're listening. <laughs> uh, it's a book squad podcast. I think this is episode 36. I wondered if you knew, because mm. I did not. For sure, 36. That's a nice, that's a nice yeah, number. Yeah, it is. I was going to start job. dividing it into things, but I don't really feel like doing that right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's four twelves. Uh, don't, I can't math right now. No. This is the it. No Math Podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right. Letters so only. what we've got is um, we're skipping bookish news because, as Polly said to me earlier, <laughs> the whole last episode was bookish news because yeah. it was all what's coming out. All the bookish news. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that um, – I will repeat that uh, the books – Squad Goals Reading Challenge is live on the website. Um, if you have any trouble finding it, um, shoot us an email, uh, and then we've got the paper copies at the library, like mm-hmm. usual. So, yeah. And if you need any suggestions for what to read, go call in... somebody else. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sassy. This uh-huh. Now uh, we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll probably we make a display throughout. every yeah. month. Mm-hmm. Someone came up to me at the desk the other day and was so excited about the new that year? there was a display. Yay. Oh, that's for so great! That go that went along with the book squad challenge. And I don't. I know that like I've seen some people assign the first num for like number one for January, number two for February. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that. Yeah, if it makes it, it easier, order. go for it. But you can do right. it in any order. We just do one display a month because it's. Makes sense to our brains. <laughs> right on. And I'm trying, I'm going to try to think if I can during throughout this year's podcast, whenever there's something that like fits a squad goals challenge, Ooh. that I'll, we'll, I'll try to plug that. Okay. Int. In Get ready. Because yeah. you have it memorized. I don't have it memorized. Well, right. I usually do. Right now, I can't think of a single oh, one except for say, a lucky day. <laughs> I was going to say, so when we said our, uh, so when I say my, my two book, my I'll mom, think about it. You can decide if it fits. It's in the, there's a filing cabinet in the back of my brain, and I think okay. it's tucked in there right now. So, <gasps> excuse me. Try me. What's your two book minimum? Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm going first. Uh, two book minimum. Okay, so two books that I've recently read that I would like to recommend to people. Um, one of them is terrifying and horrible, and the other one I wish that was the is title. Wonderful and fabulous. Okay, okay. So I'll tell you the terrifying and horrible mm-hmm, one. Please. So I read In the Garden of Beasts mm-hmm. by Eric Larson. Mm. Eric Larson is oh. the fabulous um, nonfiction writer. He writes great narrative White nonfiction City and stuff like Devil that. in the White Devil City. Devil in the White City. Uh-huh. Um, Dead Wake. Uh-huh. Not remembering the other ones. Right the other now, ones. But, yeah. Um, Devil in the White City might be his most famous one. Um, so any who's, he, his topic he chose was to write about um, 1933 Germany. Mm-hmm. So In the Garden of Beasts is about um, our the American ambassador who was sent there, William Dodd, mm-hmm. who um, was not the first choice. I don't know if he was <laughs> even like the seventh choice no, because people were like... Yeah, I don't. 
I don't want that no, thank job. You. Um, people didn't want to take that job. And he was not particularly um, ambassador material in hmm. that he was a down-to-earth professor who had come from humble beginnings. Most ambassadors are just super wealthy mm-hmm. gents about town who are given positions by the president, right. apparently. Sure. Um, didn't huh, know that. Well, that's an interesting... I know. I learned something about... Maybe that's not how the ambassadorship works anymore, but that's definitely how it worked then. Mm-hmm. Um, probably still does. Mm-hmm. So it. Uh, so he goes over with his son, his son, his daughter, and his wife um, to take this position. And this is six months after Hitler has been given the chancellorship. Mm-hmm. And... People are starting to see things, mm-hmm. you know, that are happening. Um, but it just kind of... The frogs are in the pot. The but... frog, yeah. They're seeing things. The frog is in the pot and the water's turning up and yeah, everybody's the... just like, okay. I mean, not everybody. Mm-hmm. The Jews were like, hey. <laughs> this is on the boiling. This yeah. is something uh-huh. like bad stuff is happening. But uh-huh. like... Um, like I, didn't, I mean, I I didn't knew, know this part. Like Americans were getting attacked um, when they would go visit. Like occasionally, really? Americans would get attacked. Yes, because they would be walking down the street, and um, and a Nazi parade would be going by, and they wouldn't give this uh-huh. Nazi salute. Uh-huh. And some, you know, one of the brown shirts would hop out of line and go over and just beat the crap out of them. Oh and um, you know, so they, the ambassadors were like. Hey, now don't <laughs> Americans like don't have to salute, right? right? Like they don't live here. But um Oof. yeah, I mean it, it was You think just, there'd be more publicity about that. I know. Well because when Americans get attacked. But the thing, yeah. So well <laughs> now uh-huh. I think that might happen more. But then it was definitely like um they just kind of tried to suppress that. Mm. They wanted Americans to come visit, oh, right, 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 um, right. spend yes. their money there, yeah. mm-hmm. see that everything was okay there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, it's the story. It's that that story of that he gets there six months after, and it, and then the next couple of years, like sort of what happens, and so uh, along with sort of that main story, there's also the story of his daughter. Martha, who was a very um, advanced woman for her year, for her age. What does that mean? That means that she would fit in right fine around 2019, I think. Was she body and... She was um, very flirtatious and had a lot of love affairs. Oh, all right, cool. Um, but also uh, a little bit racist. Okay, Martha. Um, a little bit anti-Semitic. A little bit anti-Semitic. But but seems to come around. I mean, it's. I mean, you pretty much all of the people mm-hmm. are anti-Semitic <laughs> yeah. or racist in some way. Um, some less than others. Some more than others. And some. She's a complicated come, woman. Come around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, once they realize. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it, it's just a really. It's an. It's an interesting deep dive. Towards the beginning of um, the march towards mm. World War II and the Holocaust, and um, I think it's some of the things that are written could be written about mm. some governments mm. today. Um, 
it, I mean, he, he wrote he was writing this in 2011, <sighs> and it felt like he was taking things out of the headlines and writing it yesterday. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyways, if you want to, like, be, be scared. Real, yeah. But actually, but I think it's really important that people read how a democracy falls. Right. Like, how a democracy falls by people turning away or deciding things aren't as bad as they think well that's how history repeats itself is by right or maybe that group is having some troubles but i'm okay Mm -hmm. so maybe i don't want to rock the boat Mm -hmm. um yeah anyways uh okay so it does sound terrifying not yeah not a it was a it was a good read it was very interesting it can be kate's having some issues with my microphone microphone right now you can't see that but you just let want me, to point it out. Thank you. Let me tell the people at home. Good. <laughs> just trying to be subtle. Anywho's, let me wrap that by saying I think it's a I think it's a really important read. I think everybody should read it. It's not a particularly comfortable read because mm-hmm. I think it well, means like, yeah. It means looking that, at what we're like today. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's important to pay attention to. Democracy is a kind of cool thing that we're enjoying. <laughs> we might uh-huh. want to keep enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Um so there's that. Okay. Cool. And so complete opposite of that uh i read eva lee who is a romance writer that i enjoy very much she's um writes a lot of super smart romance and um this one though and i you know romance can be formulaic i don't mind that because that's that's what what i'm reading for Mm -hmm. uh as long as the characters are well drawn and the dialogue is good and Mm -hmm. um but this this was a a little different like a little twisty book that i hadn't I hadn't read anything necessarily like this before. So it was a, it's a historical called um, Dare to Love a Duke. Mm-hmm. And in the story, the heroine actually runs a pleasure house. A brothel? Nope. Oh. Um, a sex club. Oh! <laughs> Where no... And- anybody yeah nobody no one is We're not no, pimping. no money We're is just... exchanged nobody's oh. put no one is subservient no to anyone else cool it's um she runs a very she get, uh private funding for this or um, <laughs> well she does federal get, funding she does oh. get private funding for it private um, and it turns out to come from a very interesting place. So, uh, so she's she's running this um, establishment. What's it called? It's Do called remember? the Orchid Club, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. um, uh, they are very it's very well run. Everything is consent based. You mm-hmm. have to be if anyone seems even remotely. Like they're not comfortable mm-hmm. or anything bad is happening. I want to like I, you're left. You're I'm forced to leave. This was a thing happening right now because I was like, oh, I want to interview this lady. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Well, and so and so so anyway, this is any like a lot of a lot of romance novels that are historical. A lot of it is sort of some often there's the the trope that the in some way the woman has to be chased or mm-hmm. um, just experiencing these feelings for the first oh, time wow. or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I mean, he's that's like her awakening. Right. And that's, uh-huh. and that's kind of the time that's sort of the time that they live in and sometimes more, sometimes less, but it, uh, it was wonderful to have a, a historical novel where the woman had, had a lot of experience she knows what's going and, on. and knows what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, this Duke, 
just took over his dukedom and he is that is, what it's called yes his dukedom <laughs> and he uh his father was the most traditional conservative stalwart in um the house of lords and he has to he, people are looking for him to take over his father's mm. position mm -hmm. but he is um He's young. He's liberal. He wants to do all of these reforms. Get his duke on. He wants to. Well, he wants to. He wants to make some reforms. Like hmm. he wants to make it so that there aren't, you know, children having to to work in brothels and hmm. things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he wants to make some reforms, and he wants to like with, withdraw money from their from England participating in like slave trade and mm -hmm. you know just like he like wants good to make stuff that we're he's into. a reformer mm -hmm. and so um they meet mm -hmm. he'd been going to this club and oh everybody he? has wears masks and nobody oh. knows who oh, anybody uh -huh. Uh -huh. is okay so they meet uh-huh um and she and she says i don't dally with customers and mm -hmm. so he keeps going every day for a year does she wear a mask too? Okay, no, wait. Oh, okay, I'm going to uh -huh. read this book. She I does. don't need to keep it. You're going to read this okay. book. Anyway, mm -hmm. let me just tell you, if you if you like romance, you're going to love this book. And if you're like, I don't want to, I just can't stand all those blushing virgins. Mm -hmm. Well, this ain't some book. Don't worry about that. We're blushing, but we're not virgins. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't that. It's called but Duke it's and the just, Sex Club. <laughs> it's called Dare to Love a Duke. And it's very good. And everybody is... Um, well-drawn, very interesting characters. Mm -hmm. and it's... Could this just be a show? Could we make this one a show? And it's saucy. Sounds like fun. Saucy and spicy. All spicy right. and saucy. Well, that sounds yeah. delicious. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to talk about Mormons, so a similar feel. <laughs> uh... Also a sex club. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so uh, Ian and InfoServices recommended um, Under the Banner of Heaven, um, by John Krakauer and uh, oh, it's a terror. It's it's okay. I'm gonna start with a terrifying okay. one. Also, um, right. okay. For I guess I could pull in some more themes, but I'll just say. So it was from 2003. Um, I've been listening to it, narrated by Scott Brick, and I really like his narration because you know how sometimes um, a narrator makes you feel like it's the author reading mm -hmm. it, you know? That's kind of how yeah. this is. Like, he picks up on the, like, sort of sort of sarcasm. Scott or... Brick is, like, the boss. Yeah, of... I looked up all of his. Yeah, he does so many. Of, of narration. Yeah, so um, John Krakauer went to uh, research fundamentalist Mormons, and there is a big separation between fundamentalist and just run-of-the-mill LDS. Um Fundamentalists are the ones who do polygamy and um, are just very well. They're you know they're very intense. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the the Latter Day Saint, like the Mormon Church, has tried to separate itself from that, but they're they're still based on the same like general books or whatever. Okay. Um, so it starts out describing um, how two Mormon brothers murder their brother's wife and young child who's like a year and a half mm. um like stabbed to death uh dad like the husband comes home finds them um but he and he somehow knows it's his brothers because of uh -huh. i don't know 
probably knows that thoughts. they're horrible people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it goes into – it talks about that. And then you're kind of pulled away from that story and, and um, brought into all these other examples of fundamentalist Mormon men um, doing horrible things, like abducting um, young women. Young women, like yeah. – I don't know. Like, Thirteen to me is like a child. Yeah. So they're uh, abducting children to make as their brides. Um, abducting them from just their homes. But <sighs> so they, a couple of them who were abducted, the ones that were abducted, were raised Mormon Mormon, and abducted by form, fundamentalist Mormons. And so mm. some people who have gotten out of the church entirely were like. They were able to convince these young women because they were raised with the general idea that, like, right. the patriarch is um, the the sayer of everything. So, um, so that was very interesting. He's trying to do a good job of separating the two, um, and definitely saying that, like, not all Mormons are. Hashtag not all Mormons mm -hmm. are fundamentalists, you know, and uh, right. that a lot of people look very down on that. And um, but they're still they're still born of the same uh, story that mm -hmm. has a lot of it's uh, I didn't know much about the, the beginning of I didn't know anything about the beginning of Mormonism in like the 1800s. Mm. Uh, and they go through the whole history and it's pretty much just. A dude who's like, I found these things from God. And then, oh, they disappeared. So you can't see them. But I saw them. And therefore, here we go. And so right. um, it, it was you really. listen to Book of Mormon, by the way. No, I'm terrified, too. No, no, that's no. What they're... It's, a, it's a musical. Oh, why no? That's so it's based on. Hilarious. Okay. But at this point, I'm so We'll angry. talk about it after. But it's it's written by the guys who write South Park. Oh right. Okay, mm. yes. I have seen. Okay. I believe. So I'm not Okay. I'm not well, I'll ask you questions Anyways, after this. Sorry. Uh, Side jog. <laughs> no, I I don't really want to consume anything that even has anything to do with Mormonism at this point because I'm so angry um at the stuff that they're doing and uh and I've gone on rants to whoever will listen to me about Yes. Um, yes. I've had one of these rants. Right. You've and you to me. Yes. Uh how so I guess in fundamentalist Mormonism, Mormonism, uh, they um, believe in bleeding the beast, which means getting as much governmental assistance as possible because they think that the government is bullcrap and oh. they want to – like they don't trust it. It's awful. So let's take all of its money. Um, oh. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Bleeding the beast. Yes. And so twist. all these people – sorry, Paul, you've heard this uh, – all these people in these very, very isolated, completely off the grid Mormon fundamentalist Mormon townships um, say you have like twenty five wives legally on paper. You have one wife, mm -hmm. and so the other twenty four are single mothers of however many children, and they all are on welfare. And so there's just millions and millions and millions of dollars go each year going into these um, oh. these little townships. Oh, that's where all our welfare dollars are. Coming. Yeah, so the welfare queens are actually well, Mormons. I mean, fundamentalist Mormons. Sorry, I know, right? <laughs> yes. So now I have that in my back pocket in case anyone ever comes at me. Yes. So yeah, now you can say, oh well, okay. Don't you know at what? Me. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't want to at me. I got some things yeah, please to say. At me. Yeah, yeah. Please, I please wish, bring this up. I wish <laughs> you would. <laughs> yes. So that and that every is... party that you go to with Kate over the next year. Yeah. Even if they talk about if even if the word like well or fair comes up in any context, have <laughs> you gone to the fair? Oh well, you know what? <laughs> Let me yeah. tell you. So uh, <laughs> that is shocking. So though. maybe I, it is. I'm. It feels like some, something you just want to put on social media every single yes, day. Yes. Yeah. And be and, like. Hello, here you go. I, yeah. well, I don't want to hear one more word about anyone else Oof. getting a piece mm. of welfare. No. But anyways. Oh, God, feelings right now. Okay. Um, so that's a book if you want to have a lot of feelings that are mm-hmm. anger um, <laughs> and sadness. But, you know, it's easier to process anger. So mm-hmm. so that's Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, next, though, totally different. Now, it's funny that you mentioned a garden book. Oh, yeah. Because mine's actually a garden oh, book. <laughs> so uh, I'm going with another nonfiction. This is very, I'm being very poly right now. Mm. Uh, Beautiful Nomo Yards by Evelyn Haddon uh, was from 2012. And um, I I really, 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 really liked it. Uh, I want to buy a copy of it, which is not a sentence that comes out of my mouth often. Oh, wow. Uh, because I had just bookmarked so many things. Right. And then I realized, well, crap, this is a library's copy. I have to go back. Mm-hmm. And I was going to start taking pictures of all of the different um, ground covers and the different grasses and all these different things that help you avoid having to mow your lawn. Yeah, I need to check this book mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I would like to avoid mowing my lawn. Yeah, and it's absolutely I would like possible. to avoid watching Kevin mow my yeah, lawn. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely possible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot of statistics about how much um, fuel and water go into lawns. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it, yeah. um, the environmental aspect of it and how lawns are fairly damaging um, in many ways. Uh, but I uh, am doing it just because I'm lazy, not because of those reasons. Okay. So, and because it's pretty. So this was super <sighs> helpful. There was also, I wanted to say, um, I found published the same year, 2012, Kiss My Aster, a graphic guide <laughs> to creating fan, a fantastic yard totally tailored to you by Amanda Thompson. Oh. And the beginning, uh, oh yeah, I'm checking this out. I'm going to race you because it's on the shelf right now. Uh, the beginning <laughs> sentence of the description says, who cares what the neighbors think? And I said, not me. So that is exactly what I'm going to. I care to. a little bit. I ain't care. Somewhere. I mean, I know it's going to look cute. Just yeah. not cute in the way that other people think looks cute. So. It's interesting. I actually was reading – I'm reading a, a bunch of gardening books, as mm-hmm. you know. We could talk about this at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, that was one of the – There, I mean, I think people are doing it more now. Mm-hmm. But there there were people who wanted to have more of like a full English garden in their front yard yes. and no lawn. Yeah. And they were concerned that their neighbors were going to be upset. And I, I – guess I'm just like, oh, that's going to be beautiful. Right. Um, but You're a good I, neighbor. Yeah. But I guess there's also places where you just can't do that. You have to have maybe homeowners associations yeah, or something like true. that. But, um, but I don't see, I mean, as long as it's, you know, yeah. beautiful plants and right. not a bunch of weeds. Like, well, right, well, but um, yes, although. Some weeds. Some weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some weeds are beautiful. I like dandelion. Me too. I like Those are one of the most bee-friendly um, common plants, according to this other book I read called oh. Planting a Bee-Friendly Garden. <laughs> so anyway. Bee-friendly. Bee-friendly to the okay. bees. Okay. Maybe we'll just do a whole garden episode. Okay. Okay. But uh, – We should move on to the book that we – We should. – have both read. Because we, we need to get to it. But um, uh-huh. so – 
So this book I actually did on my two book minimum a little What's while it called? back. It's called <laughs> Darius the Great by... It's not okay. Oh, Darius the Great is not okay. <laughs> it's called I Don't Know what it's the name of this book great. is. Okay, you say what the name of this Darius book. the Great is not okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> Uh, Adib Karam. Thank you. From Kansas City. He is in Kansas City. Which is really cool. I'm hoping he'll listen to this and come. I visit. am too. And I think Hi. we might have said that on the last episode because mm-hmm. I just was, I just, I said, I think I said I want to have tea with him. Mm-hmm. So, so we talked, like I said, I, we talked about this, but I wanted to go, I, I really wanted Kate to read this mm-hmm. book. I'm so glad I did sort of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So sorry. do you want me to give like a basic yeah. um, spiel? Yeah. So Darius is a um, 15-year-old mm-hmm. boy living in Portland. He's um, Iranian. He's Persian-American, um, and his mom's from Iran, um, and his dad is the Uber-mensch. Like, his dad is, <laughs> the like... The Teutonic uber yes. Oh, my God. Stephen like, Keltner. Yeah. Blonde, blue eyes, you know, like, ripped, or I just imagine yeah. ripped, maybe. I was just imagining <laughs> the dad. That's fine. Uh, yes. And so he... Um, as a 15-year-old boy, he looks nothing like his dad. Um, he inherited, like, his mom's curly hair, brown eyes, um, but he didn't get, like, the, like, in his, like, the beautiful coloring that, like, his family has. So he just right. kind of got, like, the stuff he doesn't want of the two right. the two sides of the family, according, you know, yeah. that's how he feels. as a, Everybody as a teenager probably feels that way. Uh, but so he feels like he's constantly disappointing his dad uh, because they just have different opinions on everything. Um, the dad is very much a health-focused person oh. and uh, Darius is uh, a teenage boy. Teenage um, boy. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's... Uh, describes himself as a little overweight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's afraid that that's a disappointment to it. Well, his dad always is always monitoring to make sure he's eating healthy God, foods. Just so, yeah. I know. So anyway, so then um, he has never been back to, uh, he's never been to Iran where his mom's from. Um, and he's never met his grandparents over there, his maternal grandparents. And so at, um, something sort of happens and so the whole family ends up going to Iran and the mom's not been back for 17 years since before since like I guess she was right. married well I think we can say what happens like well yeah the grandpa's going down his grandfather's sick mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and they had only Skyped and yeah. th- he's there's a language there's a bit of a language barrier because the grandpa's not confident in his English and right Darius um, didn't learn Farsi the way his younger sister yeah, did yeah he has a stuff. younger sister who's eight mm-hmm. who is is much more quote unquote Persian than yes. he is. Looks more Persian. Yes, actually, under, yeah. Farsi, mm-hmm. Like, um, so he just feels like he's he loves her. Like yeah. he's a, such a good brother to her, and they love each other very much. But he feels like an outsider in his family. In every yeah, in every situation. To, and yeah, yeah. Because he's like, like in this weird in, in between yep. thing, but not in between in the ways that feel like cuddly right so um outside looking in all the time yeah 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 and i think that a lot of teenagers no matter what their circumstances are probably feel this way Mm -hmm. um and i think that he did the author did a really good job of conveying that feeling but i think specifically for someone um whose parents are of different cultures or who's mixed race or who doesn't know about one side of their family or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he does a really good job of kind of, of portraying um, 
that particular feeling of outsiderness, right. the language barrier, the, mm-hmm. you know, the visual barrier, the everything. Yeah. He has that, he has that, like a different, you know, there's, I think there are a lot of books that talk about like the first generation experience, especially like if both parents mm-hmm. have immigrated mm-hmm. um, and they, the bo- both the parents share a culture uh-huh. up from growing up. But this is a little different because um, like the mom definitely wanted to be more American. She wanted her you know, son to be raised more American, mm-hmm. um, but she married an American. Mm-hmm. And so like, and she's, you know, she's a busy working mom, like she's a, a computer programmer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like, she's just living the American experience and not completely, they participate in Persian, mm-hmm. like Iranian things mm-hmm. that, that happen around. Um, but not the, like do some cultural things, yeah. but it's, you know, he doesn't feel like he understands it very much. And uh-huh. and actually the dad seems yeah like he's adopting more the dad, Stephen Kellner, uh, what's it like? Noted secular humanist. <laughs> that was one of my favorite yes. quotes of the whole book. Yeah, but so he's definitely um, he's definitely interested, and the family is um, they're Zoroastrian. Uh-huh. Well, which, not well. Yeah. So the 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 lineage is Zoroastrian. So the the grandfather mm-hmm. is Zoroastrian, and it and it goes through the male line. So his daughter. Um, can't be automatically failed him, but right, you know. can't can't you know carry that on. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was very interesting because I think you know when they go to Iran, um, then he, you know he becomes friends mm-hmm. with a the boy there, which we, we can talk about. But mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting to have um, a book. I think there are a lot more books written from the Muslim perspective mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and I really liked reading something I from a totally nothing. different. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. I knew a smidgy smidge because I took. History of oh, right. religion. Right. So, Maybe and I, I was always that. really interested in Zoroastrianism. I think I might have said this on the show before that my professor had a had a Mazda. My professor, mm. my history, my my professor of history of religion had a Mazda, and his license plate was Ahura because there is a god called mm-hmm. Ahura Mazda. No. Who and I want to say I think it is in Zoroastrianism, That's... but I maybe it was another religion. Oh, but I love clever. I, that has stuck with me mm-hmm. forever. Also that he wore Birkenstocks. This was in the late early late eighties, early nineties. And he was in his late eighties, early nineties. Oh bless his heart. <laughs> or something. That's wonderful. As someone who's um, wearing Birkenstocks right now. Good but he didn't you, wear dude. socks. Oh. Mm. Well, we can't all be the school as me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but anywho's, we need to get to the story. So, so it, I don't know. Would, uh, so I, some other things I, about Darius, yeah. um, is that he is teased at school um, for having a quote unquote weird name. Um, he's also, I think, just because his name starts with a D, he's mm-hmm. called like D bag, you know, right? All things these, all the things D that you related. Might, yes, yeah, various um, Ds. Uh, <laughs> But he points out there's a zero tolerance. There's a zero tolerance for bullying at the school, yeah. and so because uh, everyone kind of lets the the popular people do this, it's obviously not bullying. Like right. he's he's very he's so funny. He's funny and like snarky and witty, and mm. but not in a mean way. Like it's just like no. he has this mean he, himself. But he not. gets the he gets the hypocrisy yeah. of. It's just phony. High school. Uh, he's he's like the Holden Caulfield, except a kid that I actually really <laughs> right. like. Right. I mean, he get, <laughs> like he gets it, and he 
He's dealing with it. He also as best he, can. he loves Star Trek. He loves tea. He loves Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. Um, I love all. Oh, of, I mean, if you, none of those, no, those I, were as over my head as the Farsi phrases. I for me. wondered. I was about like, that. which ones? Which? <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved mm. it. I loved all because I. I mean, I'm not like an uber nerd, but those mm. are all things that I like. Yeah. And, uh, in the nerd world, maybe I am an uber nerd. I yeah, I think you might be. But... but I like. I loved all the references, and I loved how like everything had its you know like well, a level six yes. whatever yeah. or a level twelve whatever. Or like what does he call when he cry when he accidentally cry? It's like a um, something failure something containment. Failure yeah, yeah. Something. I mean, like they're all so funny. If you don't watch Star Trek, right? It's funny he because just it's uses just like, like fun nerd language yeah. to describe his normal things. Yeah, um, and he also loves he loves tea. He uh, loves tea. He wants that's what he wants to do. He yes. wants to work in a, in the fancy tea mm-hmm, shop in mm-hmm. Portland. Yeah, he knows so much about tea and loves it. Um, he feels like he has nothing in common with his dad, uh, except a thing that I love is that. Like, as the book goes on, he's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess that and I also have this in common. You know, like, neither <laughs> of us speak Farsi. Okay, that is the thing we have. Right. Or, like, you know, no, we don't understand what's going on with this. Yeah, I think that's what – I think that this book is just so incredibly well-written. And I think people who don't – this is a YA book. And I mm-hmm. think people who don't normally read YA don't believe that they can be well-written. And it's, it's just so smartly well-written. And, and I think it's because you – Adib totally like nails what it's like to be in a teenager's brain, mm-hmm. but in in the way that you forgot teenagers are smart, and in the <laughs> way that you forgot teenagers, yeah. Like, I mean, there are definitely the things where you're like, "Ooh, I wish that you didn't feel that right? way," and I promise when you get older, you'll get why you shouldn't feel that way. But also, you're like, oh, "Yeah, I wasn't a complete idiot when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. Like, I got things, yeah. you know." Um, so it's just a, you know, it's just a time in your life that's really, it's not easy. And so in this case, like, it's it's especially not easy because they also share, his dad and him share something else in common, and it's that they both have depression. Mm-hmm. And take medication and for take depression. And take medication mm-hmm. for depression. And so it is, um, like, I think that this book is like so special in so many ways like it's special in the way that like it's a great YA book it's special in the way that it's really it's a great exploration of Persian culture mm-hmm. um I want to eat every single food I want to eat every single I food remember this I want to know last... how everything is pronounced yes um I remember this from last time I did check out a lot of Persian cookbooks and I'm oh, I definitely am <laughs> going to do that again and it also made me really want to finally read Lord of the Rings. Like I'd watched all the oh. movies and I've read The Hobbit, but I had not read Lord of the Rings. And that's so, interesting. so that's another thing. But Reaction. it just, but I loved, I just want to learn. <laughs> You're like, no, not gonna I don't have any interest in watching any interest. or reading Lord of the Rings, but mm-hmm. I feel like I could pick up on a joke now. <laughs> you, you could. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it just, uh, so it's a great exploration of those things. And it really made me, I did look. I did look a lot of stuff yes. up because I was like, and I want to look up. And actually, maybe in our show notes, we could put like a couple I can't of the wait locations. To look up, yeah, I want to look up. Um, I finished. I finished it this morning. Uh, I can't wait to look up the different like architectural um, landmarks mm-hmm. and the like religious uh, 
we'll locations. Sh- and yeah, like we'll that. share some of those yeah, in, our, yeah. in in the show notes because I, I really think that mm-hmm. I really think like this really sparked my interest in learning more about Persian culture mm-hmm. um, and Zoroastrianism, like mm-hmm. kind of learning more about that. Like this, they go visit the sky towers mm-hmm. um, and they're Zoroastrians um, are not buried. They put their put dead in. up on a, a sky, sky platform and they where they can be eaten by the birds and just sort of mm-hmm. desiccate and then sounds great float away yeah yeah so um at least they used to be that and has been outlawed yeah so anywho's um, so you learn a lot yeah um gosh i feel like i'm all over the place with this book i know i know we, that the talking about the depression stuff was going to be like the hard part of the book yes. and maybe we don't have to talk about it a super lot but i do want to point out i mean so I, so not any spoilers in it, um, but like the author's note, um, like just gutted me. I, my eyes are still like (laughs) visibly puffy. Um, and I don't cry as a general rule, uh, probably because I'm medicated, (laughs) (laughs) but he just, he describes his, like he says what, what depression can look like, um, and what it looked like for him and, it was just so spot on in so many ways. And it was just like, I was like, oh my God, like I feel seen, <laughs> you know? Um, and it just, it made me so happy for him and happy for Darius that he had parents who got it mm-hmm. and like who understood brought him depression, to treatment. Right. Yeah. He didn't, didn't think that it put was... down for medication. Right. Yeah. Um, and he also, he, he nails in the book a lot and he talks about how like Persian culture, uh, in a lot of places that are not in the U S necessarily, um, don't get depression or like, don't quote unquote get like understand, right. um, or mental health crises. And it's like, yeah, but you know, buck up, you're fine. Right. You and his mom to tries to prepare him for that before yeah. they go. Cause yeah. she knows like, they'll just say like, just be happy. Right. And like, you can know that logically that that's where they're coming from but if you hear it it's just like you're right i have nothing to be sad about i'm a freaking failure you know and so it's just like this whole he he really captures what it feels like to interact with people who don't really Mm -hmm. get it yeah um and that was hard to read right so um i just i i loved that even even though he you know I loved that that wasn't the thing that was necessarily driving him and his parents apart. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that they understood his depression and he was being treated for it. That's so refreshing. But it was just other, like mm-hmm. it was other things. And mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anymore because I want people to read it and have the full experience of like, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, just walking through this journey with, right. with Darius and like, with you'd... Stephen Kellner, Uber, <laughs> but god, the descriptions oh my god he's so funny and because he uses yeah. his front first and last name and the All whole the title yep. like <laughs> his voice is just so freaking hilarious um and well to bring it yes yeah, so it's not a depression novel it's no. not a like i don't know it's so many things it's uh-huh. it's just a story about a boy who has, who experiences depression 
and that is a part of his life. Right. And it's and, a big part of his life at some times. Yeah. Because it blo- like he talks a lot about having a wall mm-hmm. inside of him. Mm-hmm. And so the other part that we haven't really talked about, <coughs> so I just want to say briefly, is yeah. So he meets a boy his same age named Sarab, who is his grandparents' him. neighbor. <coughs> and Sarab doesn't have any walls. Uh, he describes him as that. He like, yeah, and, he like puts his arm around mm-hmm. Darius, which is not. Okay, in right. usual places. And he'll just right. say what he means. And yeah, the fact that he describes him as not having any walls just... Right. Oh. And there's obviously, like, obviously there's some cultural differences, but I think, like, they're and they're learning from each other, but just on a human level, they mm-hmm. just completely connect. And I love that Saurabh, like, just sees him, mm-hmm. knows what he needs mm-hmm. in a given moment, makes mistakes, mm-hmm. Um yeah, they and they and learn and they learn like from their mistakes. So I loved all that, and I loved that. Um, I mean, in another piece, I don't, I don't want to talk about. We didn't really talk about if we were going to talk about this, but there's just sort of a very, very low subtext of mm-hmm. um, maybe love? Darius is all is also trying to figure out like this love thing yeah like like, uh, who he might love Uh and 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 he definitely loves Mm Sarab. and but in like what way in what way does he love him and um there's so there's that completely slight subtext Uh of like maybe there's this other thing about himself that he also needs to figure out and that is so nailing it as a teenager too Cause, and even if it didn't end up being like a romantic love, it's like mm-hmm. the love for you have for like you, the love you have for like your first or closest best friend in that time of your life is so confusing. Yeah, because it's like I love you like family or not. Or not right. I want to spend all my time with you. Yeah. And what is this? Yeah, and it might be. And I think it's a lot easier for girls mm-hmm. to have that love mm-hmm. and to not question it necessarily what it means. Um, because girls are allowed to do that mm-hmm. and, and, that, you know, more so, yeah, for and sure. maybe more and more every year. And I hope more every year that boys become more allowed to do that. But, but, um, so that was also just a, a small subtext and it made me, it made me kind of wish that there's, that there would be a next book mm-hmm. where, where Darius the Great. I want a prequel though also. Of, yeah, I want a prequel of the mom's life before. Like oh. I want him to, I just want to watch a whole series about this family. Yes. Put in a book. This mm-hmm. could be, this could totally be made into like a, a series. But also I wouldn't want that only because his little, like it's written so funnily also. Um He'll say something about his school and then in parentheses say, go Chargers, the mascot. Because it's like, (laughs) that's what you're supposed to say, you know. Yeah, like you get all of the like internal snark that you probably wouldn't get. Right. And you have to just have, it would just have to be a constant one of those voiceover situations uh all the time. I know. It's so funny. Yeah. So this book is, it's really funny. It's really great. And I think I said this before, but I feel like if you, um, if you're a parent and you have a child who might be experiencing depression, I think this book is an incredible mm. resource for you because, um, like, it's. I think it's just it's really helpful. And I think as a parent, 
if your child is, you know, if you know that your child's experiencing depression, you're trying to get them help, you're you're worried all of the time mm-hmm. about whether or not they're going to be okay. And it might and it might manifest make you, itself in ways that Yes. that uh, it, aren't understood by well, a teenager, right. but you're like a t- like you're not yeah, a teenager's not going to understand why you're doing the crazy things mm-hmm. that you're doing as a parent, and you might not understand mm-hmm. why you're doing the crazy things that you're doing as a parent. And it and I think this was just such a wonderfully written and true book that you could read and and maybe maybe realize some things about yourself right. and that maybe what your kid might need yeah. from you through yeah. the relationship of of Stephen and and Darius Stephen so, Kellner Stephen Kellner and Darius yes um, uh, well and the dad um, they talk later. The dad, like, he thinks that the dad is, his dad is just, like, ignoring depression and ignoring feelings, you know? Right. And then eventually he, he kind of gets... Do, like, he never, he always does everything right. He always mm-hmm. makes the right move. He yes. never makes a mistake. Yeah, always, no, yeah. yeah. And so you eventually kind of get, thankfully, the other side to it. Uh-huh. Um, and the one a part I loved and cried at uh, was when the dad was, like, so mad that he passed it on like he felt like that was his immediate failure right. like he was the one who disappointed um his right. family by not and that's a thing i've right. thought about like if i have kids like i would be passing depression down right. and what the heck is that like yeah and, and i think this you know the main takeaway just to maybe wrap it because i just i want i just want everybody to read this mm-hmm. book it's so good um is you know what he says in his in the um Oh, I didn't see. I didn't write. I left my notebook. But what he said in maybe his um, epilogue is where he just said, like, uh, you know, it's it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. depression is not awesome, but it's totally like you can live. Mm -hmm. You can live with it. Yeah, and you can have a good life with Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? And and like, I think he's. You know, I think was it in the book or was it in the thing where he said, you know, like. There's ways to lose people from depression yeah. aside from uh-huh. suicide. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there. He, I, I think that, you know, he's really making this case for like getting treatment and, and getting help and open and, communication uh-huh. and figuring out how depression like is just that you walk side by side with it mm. in your life. Like it doesn't, I think that's what he said. Like it doesn't get to control your life. It right. doesn't get to run your life. Right. It's a part of your life. Mm. But it doesn't have to be the boss of your life. Yeah, I think he nailed it. Yeah, he really did. Uh, I will say real quick. Um, so, ta- I don't know how to pronounce it. Taroff? Taroof. Taroof. Okay. Taroof. Yes. Where you, you, if you, someone offers you something, you refuse <laughs> it. Or like you offer someone help and they're like, no, no, no. And you're like, yes, yes, I insist. Uh, this reminded me of my friend um, in Illinois. Her, uh, she's, her family's Afghan and they are uh, Persian. And she told me that if I ever met her parents to not ever compliment a specific thing, like just do vague compliments. Like I like your decor. I love the style Mm -hmm. because if you were like, Oh, what a cute teapot. 
they would insist that you take it no matter and like oh. it's a competitive sport like because you'd be like no 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 think no i seriously i don't really want it and it's like you're taking this now okay no seriously okay so i looked it up because you know i'd read it before and then I was, and i thought i knew it's it is like taruf mm-hmm. there's probably there's a little accenting i'm mm-hmm. not getting right but you can actually will share the video there's a video of somebody talking about what taruf is and like then how it manifests itself oh my god and and it is like it is a competitive sport i mean like people are brawling over the check at a table right. well, and, and these are things that are very it's a good little over to the know. top but yeah it is but like i've actually heard that about I've actually heard that about some Native American cultures too. Like if you if you compliment a specific item, mm-hmm. that they are compelled to give it to because you. Because that's the that's like, love. Through, that's... Yeah, I mean, and and it, it's I mean, it's the politeness code of that particular yeah. culture. Um, but I think you're supposed to refuse it at least a couple oh, times. Oh yeah, like that's and then, there's just all kinds of haggling oh and God. negotiation about yeah. what you do about tariff. So, um, but then I guess you have to take it eventually. Yeah, but this <laughs> is I. That's why I just I loved 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 like just the little insights and bits and pieces mm-hmm. about this this about Persian culture that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I didn't know that, and it's I mean, it's just helpful. Mm-hmm. It's just helpful information too. Yeah. Like if you ever should find yourself in a relationship with a Persian yeah. or approaching a door at the same time yeah. with someone of oh, Persian you're gonna be descent. standing there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it's um <laughs> yeah, but it's really good. So okay, we need to wrap this. But... Okay. Um. So well, I guess we can't always be reading and crying. What else? We can't we always doing? be reading and crying. Well, I think that our both of ours are we're gonna be gardening. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I that... mean, it's like January, so we're not gardening right now not technically we're We're gardening in our minds and planning Mm -hmm. and reading every gardening book Mm -hmm. so sorry i just placed a hold on so many on my way down here Mm. uh and they're already checked out so okay well, we'll you should look through the ones i have checked out and see if there's any you want holy cow you probably have them checked checked out out. i probably do no i also have a bunch of kitchen remodeling books checked out so okay let's just swap let's just swap Let's just have a day where we bring all of our books together and decide who needs to read what. And then return them all on time. And return them all on time. Because librarians don't do that. That's my, yeah, I feel called out right now. No, 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 me too. That's my New Year's resolution is to not go above $10 in fines this year. I check out like four books at a time and I I have $7. So I know, but like my, I have, I don't have the excuse of like, Having a lot. It's that just I have that, 40 books one day late. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, mine is just like. Yeah. Because let me tell you. Um, well, and if you didn't know this about the library, like you can, even if you it's have. It's under $10. If it's under $10, you, ain't gotta you pay. can still check out mm-hmm. your books and it can, that. Yeah. $6.50 fine can sit there. We for appreciate 50 your payment, years. but yeah, please don't feel yeah, stressed. Yeah, don't feel like you can't come in because uh, uh, my I will have Hollywood $6 sitting there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it'll just and there it will stay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just don't go over $10. If you go over $10, you got to pay. Pay one cent and then it'll be nine ninety nine. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I guess, like, yeah, we I don't guess you can do care. that. <laughs> yeah, we really don't care. So. Happy, happy, happy Happy reading. reading. (laughs) That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Kate Gramlich. 
Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.